Letter six of A Lady's Life on a Farm in Manitoba by Mrs. Cecil B. Hall. Read for LibriVox.org into the public domain. Merchant's Hotel, St. Paul, May sixteenth. We left Chicago Friday night for this place at about nine o'clock, and thanks to a letter of recommendation to the conductor, two lower berths were assigned to us, and we even had the privilege of not having the uppers pulled down. It is a curious regulation in the Pullman cars, that should the upper not be tenanted it must be opened, or else paid for by the occupant of the lower. So unless one takes a whole section, one is bound to have a great board just above one's head, which in nine cases out of ten prevents our sitting up in bed, and one can never have much ventilation. We were awoke earlier on Saturday morning than we either of us quite appreciated, to be in time for breakfast at La Crosse at seven o'clock. La Crosse is a large settlement of sawmills on the banks of the Mississippi, for cutting up the wood brought down by the curiously flat-bottomed steamers worked by a paddle, in stern, the same width as the boat, and which push innumerable rafts of wood before them. We saw several of these steamers, and were detained for a long time on the bridge which crosses the Mississippi, said to be about a mile and a quarter long, whilst the farther end of it was drawn aside to allow of two steamers passing through. Our railroad skirted the banks of the river, and we were very excited at seeing an Indian and his squaw in a canoe going downstream. The conductor of the car conversed with us a good deal the whole way, was most anxious to know all about our comings and goings, and told us he would be glad to learn the train by which we returned, as no ladies would ever be allowed to leave Manitoba. Unfortunately, we took his advice about the hotels in this place, and on arriving came to the wrong inn. This one is the most frequented, being close to the station, but certainly is not as pleasant, either as regards company or situation, as the other, the Metropolitan. We found one of our fellow Atlantic passengers at the last named, and I never saw any one so genuinely glad to see friends. He is one of the three men we told you about, who have invested in thirteen thousand acres in Minnesota. He is down here trying to hurry the contractors, who are to build their houses and stables at Warren, also to buy farming implements and lumber. His horses and mules he intends buying at St. Louis. He gives a most vivid account of all the roughing they have undergone. They are living in a small wayside inn. Nine men in one room, with no furniture. One of them managed one night to get a hold of a stretcher in lieu of a bed, and just as he was settling down to his first beauty sleep, a carter came and told him to move on, as the stretcher was his. He suggested that, as we are to pass Warren, we should pay them a visit on our way up, that he would take up a tent and furniture, besides provisions, but I do not think it sounds inviting enough, as though I do believe we should do the community a good turn, besides the pleasure of our company, they would have a tent and a few luxuries after our departure, instead of feeding, as they daily do, on beans and bacon, living in a filthy hotel, and having had nothing to wash in until they bought themselves a bucket. Last night, just after we had gone to bed, a loud knock was made at our door, and a man asked if we intended getting up to-night, at which we were furious, but he persisted in the most determined way in questioning us as to whether it wasn't Mrs. H.'s room, and we had time to get more than angry before we recognized A.'s voice, and simultaneously both jumped out of bed to receive him on Deschabille. It is very nice of him coming all this way, four hundred miles, to meet us. He looks much the same as ever, only as brown as a berry from the reflection of a fortnight's sun on the snow. 
He is wonderfully cheery, seems glad to see us, has so many questions to ask of you all, and swears by the healthiness of the Canadian climate and the life they lead at the farm. We are none of us ever going to be sick or sorry again. We have been a long drive today, starting at eleven o'clock, and only back just in time to do our last packing, send off this letter, and dine before we go to Winnipeg at about seven o'clock. We drove across a bridge on the Missouri to Fort Snelden, a miniature aldershot, with huts and tents, and a beautiful stretch of grass for maneuvers or galloping, on to the Minnehaha Falls, where we stayed some time gazing and admiring, and even walking under the falls. The volume of water falling seemed extraordinary, but was completely eclipsed by the falls of St. Anthony at Minneapolis, which we saw later. The latter originally fell perpendicularly, but to utilize them for the enormous sawmills built at the water's edge, they have been underplanked, so that the water goes down in a slant. We were most fascinated by the sight, and watched the torrent from various points of view. Minneapolis is much like other western towns we have seen, semi-detached houses standing in their own grounds, the grass in many instances well kept, but utterly destitute of flowers, which one misses so much. This place, St. Paul's, is beautifully situated, built on both sides of the river, the banks of which are very steep. Good night. In twenty-four hours more we hope to be at our destination in the far northwest. But we are not to go out immediately to the farm, as we are arriving rather earlier than A expected, and the men who have been living with him all the winter cannot turn out before Friday to make room for us, so we are to stay in Winnipeg for a day or two. End of letter six. Read by Sibella Denton. All LibriVox files are in the public domain. For more information, please visit LibriVox.org.